Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. It's time once again for the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast coming to you live and direct from wherever snot is being held because I am congested as all fucking get out. I'm your host, Matt Ryan. Joining me as always is my quarterback. You already know who it is. It's Corey Hammond and protecting the line. He's Bachata Bob last week. He was Sangria Snooze Bobby, but we know him now as Big Rob Fabian. No need to hit the snooze button on this episode. It's... It's going to be one of the last episodes of the 3-on-1 podcast for 2022. We're going to take a break next week because of the holiday. We might bring you a 2022 year in review in two weeks. But we're going to take next week off um, because, well, it's Christmas. And the we're giving you the gift of less us. Because lately, throughout the A7FL, everywhere you go, you see my mustachioed face. You see Corey looking Young Corey looking like we've been doing test shows uh, for a seven FL Nevada <laughs> and Corey just looking like the stepdad that who stepped up in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like just someone came into town. They're trying to find the meaning of Christmas. Corey's the guy who runs like the Christmas tree shop or like is selling brick brat knickknacks and bric-a-brac somewhere. And like Rob's his best friend who, who helps Wearing the buffalo plaid shirt, rolled up sleeves, four buttons down. I'm not going to lie, doing it on video is a lot harder because I've seen you guys' faces while you say some of this shit. And it's just, it's hilarious. Like, it's making it even funny. I can't even contain myself. Oh, and then that's one thing we're going to bring in 2023. We're working with new technology and we have fancy equipment. So that means. You may start seeing our faces every single week on the uh, three-on-one podcast. We've been doing this show for about five months now, since August, and we're entering our, our so we're going to be entering our fifth or sixth month of doing the show. We're episode twenty-one, so it's legal now. We can drink on this show. Um, I'd say we've uh, Rob did enough drinking for <laughs> all of us last week on the program, but not on the program. He did it before. Yeah, he did it before the program. Before. Before holiday I mean, holiday party, Rob is is yeah, there's so party. many variants of our personalities oh, on this show. Like it's when we're much. on TV, we're all like nice and personable and not assholes. Well, Corey excluded. Right. Uh, Rob when and Rob Hayton when Rob hates. Like Rob, I love you, but you are the most hating individual I have met in 33 yes, years am. of existence. Yes, I'm from I Brooklyn, oh, yeah. and I have yet to meet. A human being, and I say this with love because you're one of my best friends. You are one of the most hatinous individuals I have ever dealt with in my 33 years of existence. And I like Silky it. Johnson. Hate, I hate, 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 h
<laughs> I'm just a really well, like I was kid. explaining to one of the guys out in Vegas, one of the guys, and I won't mention his name, but one of the guys was like, man, why is Rob so tough on us? And I said, well, the, the thing is, is that Rob has, has two levels of, of ability in the A7FL. You're either great or you ass. And, the, and, and, and oh like, you don't prove one or the other. He gets and until it. you prove the greatness, which takes a long time, especially for Rob. Unless you're Mark Bagway, and it takes two plays, as we found out last week. But there were there were players. It was like, yeah, yeah. Mark Bagway is not ass. No, he's not ass. Yeah. And there is the level if you get really into his uh, bad side there, and if you get to the six pack of ass, that's the only level (laughs) down from the ass. So what we're learning is is that you know the more the more exposure you have on camera too so that rob can view you the more likely you'll fall into one of those two categories but let's be honest most of us including myself at times will fall into that uh that latter category (laughs) studying psychology and sociology in college i got i learned about maslow's hierarchy of needs but i really think that we need to investigate big rob's uh (laughs) inverted pyramid of ass hierarchy of ass pyramid of ass See, at the bottom levels, are you're just ass, ass, six-pack No, it's ass, inverted, so it's great because it's an upside-down pyramid. So right, right. greatness is is at the bottom. That's your core, you know, yeah. that's your Mark Very Bagways. Yeah. Sterry Codrington. Shante Worthy. Yeah. Shante Worthy, Quattrell Huff, you know, and then right Basically right above the best that. players for the UNBIC over the years, right? Yeah. Pretty much, and then you know you, you keep going up. Then you get and then your... guys and then guys like Tyler Affa who actually had great games against you, and it's like, yeah, that guy's not ass yeah, because yeah, I he, am not ass. So yeah, he's yo, nah, Tyler Affa is not ass. Affa is not ass. Like it, right? Not, but you, not see, in the least. See, you guys get it. So the pyramid, like you said, it's an inverted pyramid, and those guys at the quote unquote bottom at that tiny point, it's not a lot of them, but. I know their names because of what they've done and what I've seen them do. But then you get to the very top of that pyramid and it's like six packs of ass. Like Kenneth Stewart. You don't show up to the games to play against those guys. Right. No, I don't. You see Kenneth Stewart. Kenneth Stewart is a very special case at quarterback. Kenneth Stewart is a six pack of ass, Mm -hmm. but at receiver, Kenneth Stewart is right in the middle of that pyramid. He's not ass completely. I've seen him spark and do some, cool things at receiver so yeah, i'd rather I would, have I would, him I would agree with that because i've seen him do some great things too i i think the exactly. i think the narrative to be to be 100 fair and i'm gonna just take my cory hammondness out of this but in the games that weren't against the u last year well and the gators to be honest okay but the games that weren't against the u and the gators last year kenneth stewart looked like he was at least in the mid-tier of the ass because we've seen a lot of those six-pack ass quarterbacks and against the animals, against the snow tribe, and at times against the DC Buzz and the Hawks, Kenneth Stewart was able to do some things. But by the end of the season, guys on the Renegades were, you know, DMing certain individuals, and I won't name which ones they are, but the fact that I know who they are may clue you into who it is. And they were asking if, if it would be easier to just learn how to throw and play quarterback themselves. And what I had <laughs> to explain is, is that's just not that's the way tough. that it goes That's down. not how it works. But again, like you said, he, you know, he, he did some things against certain teams, but Corey, you and I know, Matt, you've seen it as well. We've seen Troy, who is a wide receiver, one of the better wide receivers in this league, 
step in the quarterback and run around for 30 seconds. Like, it's not the hardest thing to do with the Yeah, speed. Mr. Incredible's done it. Sly Boogie was Sly, doing it for the listen, last year exactly. against the Renegades and pulled out a victory, stumbling. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, kudos to those guys because, yeah, great. Tons tons of pyramid ass. Ass pyramid. And, maybe, and here's a maybe uh, the name of the episode, Matt. I don't know. You always determine the inverted pyramid of ass you, might be uh, might you. be the name of this episode. Uh, but here's a hot take, a very hot Talk take. Talk to me. Talk. To I me. think the quarterback position may be the most important in the A7FL. We can have a lot of conversations about that. It could be that or the three-on-one returner because they both set the tone, they set the tempo, and they set the pace of this league and they set the pace of these games. Okay. The one thing that I have seen over the last couple of weeks is that the Las Vegas pit bosses are going to be a problem because they have Trey Robinson at quarterback. They have the one thing that we've not really seen much in the A7FL with the exception of the elite teams and the Snow Tribe for this coming season is a competent quarterback behind center who can facilitate plays and run an offense. The The level where we can, we can talk about the force they had a much more diverse team. They had a running game, and they had a dynamic receiver in uh, Pac-Man Jones and Curtis Jones. <clears throat> he was dynamic. He scored a three-on-one touchdown. We saw him this past Sunday while we were doing some prep work. We were watching the games live um, and just getting a feel for everything. But when you look at that division in that, that side of the country, like in a hypothetical situation where it's every team from Ohio to California in a division, and you have a competent quarterback who can play the play the ball, play the position, and also facilitate with his legs, that's a step up on nearly every other team in the Western the quote unquote Western Conference. Out east, it's a little harder because you do have the two best quarterbacks in this league playing in New Jersey. And right. you know, I've been talking with some people who play that position, asking me what they think they should be doing for next year. And they're looking at Vegas as a viable option because they can win out there because there's such a need for that position. And that's across the league. And that's no shade to anybody playing quarterback right now in Vegas. It's just that the complexity of this game, because of the lack of different amount of personnel, you have less time coming off the ball. We're seeing a lot of teams in Nevada playing with two-man lines. And when you play against an Eastern... When you play against a, a Verardi, or you play against a John Columbia, or you play against that Patterson U defense, hell, the Baltimore Gators, you play against a Snag Sosa and you only have two dudes up front, you're going to get cooked, served, and reheated. You're going to be shipped back home in dry ice because that's the only way they're going to find your parts. They're going to have to ship you home that way. So, for me... That's the biggest takeaway I've had so far from this division. And it kind of gives me the idea of like, what do these teams need for Christmas? Because we look across the A7FL. What are the things that these teams need? Like the the Baltimore rare breed. For me, Santa should give them more stability. Because they're a couple of plays away from making the championship. They played in the best game of last year in the playoffs. Okay. They have grit, determination, but they're losing Lenny Manziel, so they lost a bit of that two-headed quarterback situation, which worked for them until it stopped working because they were going up against more elite, more articulate defenses. 
But if they had more consistency and the injury bug didn't completely screw up Rokeem Chaney last year, we might have a different situation. Hell, the well, ball, same thing for the Gators. With Lenny's departure, how that health situation with OG Buck is managed because he was the first one to tell us on our show that there were games in the Baltimore, you know, regular season in, in division play in which he felt maybe, you know, in the same vein as Rob, that a team was asked and he wasn't going to play and he was going to let Lenny play. Well, what that allowed for Buck to be able to do is kind of take that week off to recover and make sure that right. he was ready to play the other teams. Um, later on, as it went into the playoffs, Lenny became the, the, the almost closer de facto by the way that they ended up using him. And we've talked about that a lot. And it's funny that you, you mentioned stability as what you would gift them Santa Matt, but when, when, uh, OG buck was basically, uh, you know, asking, you know, making his own wish list, if he were writing a letter to Santa Claus, what he, what he said on our air was corners, right? He was asking for corners. And when we watched that rare breed game, Yes, there were open receivers down the field. Absolutely. Um, I think if you watch most of the A7FL action, whether it's, you know, this Sunday, you can catch the A7FL Nevada fall brawl uh, called by the three of us and Casey Cox. And you'll probably see the same thing. Or if you look at all the tapes from all the years past, wide receivers a lot of times are open the longer and longer a play develops. So, you know, we're talking about wish list guys. I think for the rare breed – you know, the leader of the team is asking for corners. And maybe it's interesting that, you know, what Matt Ryan thinks and sees is that stability is what they need. And after like merging teams in the off season last year, bringing in a, basically a new group of guys that had to get used to each other and still getting to the final four, beating the U in the regular season, which I think is still, a, you know, a huge feat that they should be commended for. It'll be interesting to see how they progress because when we talked to Buck, we asked, what are you guys going to really be doing different? And it seemed like his attitude was he wasn't worried about it and whether he's responsible for player, you know, development and procurement and, you know, getting new guys in, I don't know, but it didn't seem like he was that anxious to sign new players to the rare breed or change the plan at all in general. So for the rare breed, if they do get that stability, maybe that's what they need from Matt. But if you ask the quarterback, he was asking for corners. Now, what would you give them for Christmas, Corey? Because we're waiting for that answer. <laughs> well, as we discuss at the end of every show, I wouldn't necessarily say that the character that I play on this podcast is always in the giving Christmas spirit. <laughs> well, we're, let's try to get in that. Right? Fucking Corey Miser over here. So I don't want to get. So I'm, I'm not allowed to just drop them off cold for thinking. That <laughs> no. is you know what? You know what? You know what? That he's still the best. No, I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. I no. So what I will say is that for Christmas, what I'm dropping off down the chimney, and because I've lost all this weight, I'm going to have to wear one of those like stomach suits just to fill the part. Oh my. I'm going to drop off the confidence to Buck for himself that in the fourth quarter, when the game matters, the answer is not on the sideline. It's right okay. inside his own head. He's got to figure it out, get himself composed, whether the U is talking trash or not, whether Deontay Henderson is snatching his soul or not. The job of the best quarterback in the league 
And we can make an argument, and so can Buck, that he is in that conversation. I'd put him top five. The league does not Easy. shy away from the most crucial <laughs> moments of the season. And I, I didn't want to make it that, but Rob, you put me in the corner. Listen, I'm saying it's ending that right now. Matt, Matt started that. I think that is a great way to actually continue this kind of holiday special of a show is what would we give these teams for Christmas? And, you know, I kind of want to follow up with what you said. I would give the rare breed more focus and more, you know, intensity to help them lock in in those games where they lose that focus because they're playing the big bad you or they're playing BIC or these guys that they actually might feel are better than them. Because I feel like that's why they lost. They didn't lose. They didn't win against Bagway and company because they were better. They felt they were better, so they won. They weren't better, but there's no way they thought they were going to lose that day. But when you go up against the U, in your mind, you're like, damn, these guys are better than we are. So they kind of give it up. There was a fight against Mark Bagway and company, which is why that was one of the best games of the season. But against the guy like the U against BIC, they, they might fold. So if they can get that confidence and <laughs> focus, that's what I would give them for Christmas. Confidence and focus to be able to compete with the top tier teams and not be scared. And they're going to hate that I said that. Not be scared of these teams when they have to face them. So we're handing off an intangible Santa sack to the rare breed because we just gave them all three non-tangible things. <laughs> we're giving you nothing but our, our opinions. And it's our, the our thoughts and prayers of football. So the least what, tangible what, what shit possible. It, I said confidence in, in for Buck to have in himself, and Matt said stability, and, and Rob said both, right? Oh no, focus. So if they had, so so what we are gifting them, we're, we're just going to open the sack and just dump it down the tree then, because then it'll just float through the ether to them. But stability, confidence, the quarterback in himself, and focus, which which I think is a good segue because if we're going to talk about the rare breed, it almost seems you know that attached at the you know proverbial hip is the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers. What would and we Matt, them? Dye your hair white, <laughs> Fu Manchu. Get it, get it to the same color as most of my hairs that are that are hidden in this mop of 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 lettuce. And now you're Santa for the Nightcrawlers, and uh, what you coming down the chimney with for them? It's probably <laughs> nothing. It's probably nothing, uh, you know, tangible either, is it? Ah, uh, it isn't. Um, poise. That to me, they had that game one without the wildest 90 seconds in the history of this league, and that's saying something because there's been some wild shit in this league over the last nine years, even going back to the town beef days. But when you look at how those last few minutes played out in that game, the confidence and the inability to lock in, I think, having the poise, having the... And I think they're gonna, we're going to see more of that this year. We've heard that Mark Bagway is going to take this more seriously, that Mark Bagway is going to bring a different kind of energy. And I'm I'm here for it. I want to see Mark Bagway give Sterry Codrington a run of his mon- run for his money as MVP, and I think he will. I think the MVP race this year won't be as close as we all think it is. And with the more accessibility to footage, the more opportunities we'll be able to see these players across the league, it'll be a big opportunity for us to really see what these guys can do week over week over week. And 
for me, my wish also, I would wish I wish that they would play different competition. I think that they need to be tested more. They need to play, and this is just me, like, dream scenario. They need to play the Baltimore Gators in the regular season. They need to play the rare breed in a regular season matchup. Mm-hmm. I would start next season with rare breed taking on the night crawlers. I would wish that for all of Florida because there's some guys down there who can ball. There's some guys down there who, given the opportunity, Florida's a state for football. Nevada, California, there's a, it's a state for football. Derek Duncan taking over the Los Angeles division in partnership with David Meltzer is going to be so important because there's going to be such a bigger pipeline now. Because we know that players in A7FL Nevada are coming from California, coming from Utah, coming from all over the Southwest, that, you know, that level of recruiting applied to L.A., to Watts, Compton, South Beach, oh, not South Shoot. Beach, but the the different counties in Southern California, San Diego, we saw what they were able to do in 2021, what will happen in 2022. And it goes back to having that, Ability and I think you you know iron sharpens iron and the more right. more opponents you'll face that have played in this league at a high level or against you know different competition is going to make those players better. It's going to make the league more exciting and will provide us with probably some of the best games we've ever seen in this league. So for the night crawlers, it's poise and comp. Make sure they're sharp for the playoffs in the East, which could be a really tough road for whoever's out there, including Chiboy and the Snow Tribe, because we have our eyes on that. But we'll see how the, the black plays out. We're going to play it one week at a time. But, yeah, for the Nightcrawlers, I think I want to give them two presents as well, because we've talked about them enough, and I've, I've trashed them. And, you know, opening show, you talk about your solid gold boat, and I said that the the pirate flag cannot have the symbol of a nightcrawler because of how bad their loss in the Elite Eight was. So I'll give them two Christmas presents. What I want to do is I want to give Mark Bagway an offensive line because BIC is BIC, not just because Sterry is the best quarterback in the league, I think that one of the reasons Sterry is able to be clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and most of the time we're going to say that he is by, by you know, maybe a little bit of a wide margin at this point, is because last year the best quarterback of all time had struggles at the offensive line. <clears throat> Rob. And so Huff, with the struggles, became, you know, a little bit less of a, you know, a, you know, a God mode player. And he's now just a, you know, a, you know, a regular alpha level mutant or Omega level mutant. I'm not a, a X-Men nerd in that sense. Funny. But Sterry Codrington had a great offensive line and BIC had a great offensive line. And most of the games that Sterry Codrington was playing, he had a comfort level in that pocket. Now, some of that is because they had to, you know, deal with the threat of him being one of the best runners at any position in the league. But if Mark Bagway to have an offensive line even comparable to BIC's, hot take. If they can fix that offensive line, Rob, I think that they could beat BIC. Now, I'm not calling that, and I don't know if they're even going to attempt that with the kind of attitude <laughs> they've shown, you know, that they wow. put out there for the A7FL. That's a hot but take. Stereo, give- Stereo, are you laughing? Hold on. Stereo, are you laughing right we now? We know he listens. Okay. We know Stereo talking. listens. I just want to know if he's laughing. Listen, the last thing Sterry needs to do is be on coast mode. If he wants to have the best season ever, let's give him some motivation. Here you go. There's your Christmas Ster- Christmas present, Sterry. 
little motivation in the stocking. But what I'm saying is, is if you give Mark Bagway an offensive line, because what we saw on film last week is that those guys aren't like incapable, but they were getting beat regularly against the, you know, by the, the defensive linemen for the rare breed. And it at times it still didn't matter. Mark Bagway with an offensive line is a pretty scary thought. And then what I would also give them is the new itineration of their quarterback. And we never again see Mark Bagway ever suit up for the Nightcrawlers because Mark Bagway is about the bag, which comes with a lot of baggage. Because if they get Mark Winway, if he renames himself for this league, A, thanks for listening to the podcast, and B, (laughs) if he sets the tone as that's the way he's going to play this season, I think not only does the – the division of Florida need to look out, but probably the entire East coast and any West coast teams that really think that they can, you know, have that smoke. And we can talk about that in a little bit based on some of the things that we saw out there this weekend, because I think there's something to be said there, but what we saw from the night crawlers is the real deal. And like Rob said, after, after 14 of them things, right. That we were talking about last week and then two plays in from Mark Bagway, (laughs) he's the real deal. So offensive line and no more Bagway. Mark Winway is under center for the Nightcrawlers all season. That's a scary thought and a great Christmas, a great Christmas for the Nightcrawlers and, and Nicolaimo to wake up to. All right. I don't um, necessarily agree all the way with Corey as far as the line goes, only because I don't think Mark Winway <laughs> needs an offensive line. Um, but I could the Winway stuff. That's really your thing, and I, I do hope one day he he listens to that and then talks to you directly about that. Like con, confronts you directly. You want Winway, and then he smokes you by like fifty. That would be well, hilarious. Well, luckily I'll never play defense against Mark Bagley. <laughs> he also does play he he plays on defense. Imagine. So I know better than to throw the ball near that what, guy. Yo, imagine if he one hand intercepts one of your passes and uh, runs it back, then looks at you and says, is that win way enough for you, Corey? Like, that's insane. That's a storyline. I like that. But what I would give. I don't. Like, I love it. Why <laughs> Why would you like that? <laughs> right. You Everybody like but it. you would probably enjoy that a little bit. Like yeah, we love you, bit. you're you're our guy, but we would laugh a little bit. A lot of bit. I would laugh a lot of bit. Corey I, knows that. I'm, I've been calling. I've been calling out the force. Uh, I'm not a calling lot. out the nightcrawlers. I'm not. No, smart man. Smart man. You smart know why? Man. Not not as much because of Mark Bagway. I seen what Deontay Henderson does to people. No, yeah, you don't want. No one wants that. any but, of that. I'm keeping my um, kept, keeping my ass <laughs> in the studio. If that ever happens. So um, what I would give them is, Matt, I would have to piggyback off one of yours. Um, when you said they have to play more competition <laughs> outside of Florida, I think um, if that's something I could give them, I would give them a whole New Jersey schedule. New Jersey and Baltimore. Play every team from New Jersey, from Baltimore. And the reason why I would give them that is because once they get um, introduced to teams like BIC and understand, because the rare breed – they're a nice introduction to what top tier is in this league. We we did we do quote unquote bash them a lot, but that's because setting <laughs> certain standard that we expect from the red breed. And if they don't meet it, naturally we gotta get you. You get you get me like we expect something from you guys are the gatekeepers. You stop bottom tier teams from getting anywhere near the top tier teams at the four, at the three. That's what we expect from them. But by you know. 
seeing what Mark Bagway was able to do with just one game and how he's in every conversation after one game, the second thing I would give them is exposure. I need to see Mark Bagway every week. That's a great gift. I need to see the Nightcrawlers every week because there's no way. There's no way. Like, after one game, he was the topic. Of, there was people hitting me up thinking, and again, everybody take it how you want. People were telling me if the Nightcrawlers won, it would have been a Nightcrawlers versus BIC championship. The U wasn't going to make it past. I hit, And I've heard it so much. And if you guys like, we could even go on the New Jersey page and put a poll, a private poll if you'd like, to really see or do it on the A7 page. A lot of people thought or think that the Nightcrawlers would have beat the U. And I think that goes back to when we did our superficial, unofficial top 10, one of the most listened to episodes in the history of the podcast. We just, uh, we're getting close and close to a big uh, milestone. Uh, Shout out to uh, 1,700 1700 listeners uh, throughout the podcast history. So shout out to everybody. Tell a friend, by the way, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already uh, done that, you pussy, but that's just you. Um, go with God, God bless. But when it comes to, to that, taking a straw poll, we did that. And I think with the exception of Vegas, everyone kind of agreed with the conceit of where we are seeing things. Cause we don't know what's going to happen in Columbus. We don't know what's going to happen in Boston. Those teams are, you know, they're OLI. They're outside looking in because we haven't seen those teams yet. They're not constructed. We don't know who's running it. But shout out to Coach Valentine, the division manager, Nate Nail, uh, the owner of A7FL Columbus. Shout out to Joe Perez and A7FL Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati is going to have some killers next year. If if what we saw from, from the Covington Heist last year was any indication there's going to be a little more trouble next year once these guys figure it out. And I think we saw that in Nevada as well. We're seeing these guys learn this game more. There's going to be kinks in this. There's going to be things where they're not completely aligned or they're still learning the game. But to be honest, this is the best incubation for young talent in pro, in pro football because you're thrown directly into the fire. No pads, no helmets, you're given, it's sink or swim every single week. There's only 14 players on the field at a time. You can't get lost in an all, it's not going to be until the all 22 where you get exposed. You're going to be exposed every single Sunday, every single time you fuck up, every single time you miss an assignment, you're giving up six because we've seen it. One blown assignment, it happened in the rare breed Nightcrawler game. One blown assignment completely turned the tide and completely changed the polarity of that game. And, you know, we got an amazing game out of it, but that what could have been. I think we should do a poll, a players only poll, Rob. A players only poll in New Jersey from the New Jersey players. Because that, also that thread, that 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 group, there's an internal chat group featuring uh, all of the New Jersey players. It is some of the spiciest stuff I've seen, and I'm OG on the internet. Like, I'm back message board days when things were the Wild West out there, not just what they're on Twitter now, but, like, back when people were with the shits, with the shits on the internet. And for me, it's all about what can they do 
to weaponize against all of these different opponents. And <clears throat> being sick sucks when you do a podcast, by the way. Um, I'm a gamer, though. Well, it's my it's flu game. Oddity. <laughs> the more phlegm, the better. Ugh. But, yeah, so for so for the Nightcrawlers, man, we're giving them – what I love about these these Christmas gifts in, in, in light of the Christmas season and for, for me, a guy with as many kids as we discussed – you know, all of these gifts seems to be, you know, zero dollars out of our pockets. So these are the best types <laughs> of gifts, Christmas gifts. Um, that's why you always prefer the the homemade um, Father's Day gift, Matt, is because Father's Day gifts are unfortunately paid for usually by your own. They come wallet. out your so pocket. You're not going for something that's expensive unless you're buying it for yourself. Um so we got the two teams down that we we covered in the game that we uh, you know watched with the listeners last week. Where do we go out next? Because I think we should go to Vegas because I think there's some uh, interesting gifts we could give some of these teams, and I think we should start with uh, the team that at least right at this moment can claim that they have the belt currently in the Vegas Force. But you know, based on what we're seeing, guys, you know. The, the gift of a repeat might be something that Santa has to bring because it's going to be a tough one for Corey's them to just earn, honestly, Corey, otherwise. Corey's being nice. I don't know how the force beat the pit bosses. Better quarterback. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Rob. Better offensive line, better there. defense, better everything, better better ingredients, better everything, better Papa John. Mother, listen, everything on the but pit bosses look better than the force. I want to – because I want to see next week too. And I talked to Coach Bartley regularly, and he, what he said to to me, and and he wanted it to be made known, is that because of his his respect for Coach Q, who took over for Coach Donnie Bunak, uh, you know, rest in peace, great man, and and the relationship that Coach Bartley has with with, with Coach Bunak and his family, who is still you know the the main drivers of the Insomniacs, that was the pit bosses showing respect to an opponent. The 57 to 13 was respect in, in coach. Uh, they Bartley did not play all four quarters. Next. So, so this week coming up, that's, that's going to be the, the first non-respectful game. These pit bosses play. I'm interested to see it, but let me just put this into perspective because as great as the one performance is from the pit bosses and they're, they're showing in the jamboree, which they looked as dominant against all of the teams in, in, in shorter amounts of time. But Rob and Matt, you know what that game reminded me of? Because it looked really similar. What was that? It reminded me of a game you guys called because I was a little bit busy at the time in the Hawks and the animals last year, game of the week. Interesting. Rob, did it not feel a little bit Hawks animally? Rob is uh Rob's nodding his head. No, Rob's having dinner, which is you for those who don't know, sorry, we record these. I, I, on, I can see him, and I still made that mistake as a broadcaster. We record. It, well, it, it, it adds more color to the show. It, just to give everybody an inside look, we drop this show mostly on Wednesdays. Um, we record the show on Tuesday nights because it's the time that works better for us. Rob's in his studio. Corey's in uh, his hall closet, and I'm in my studio. Um, <laughs> but... Corey, art- articulate on that for me before. Don't die, Rob. Chew your food. Wait till you. Well, let the right, man. So, uh, let so Corey make the point, and then you talk. Out. 
from play one to play like 22 for them because most of their offensive drives were less than five plays. They were so dominant that not one smile broke from a pit boss player's face the entire time. And it was cold and raining for guys in Vegas to the point where one of the things we noticed on the sideline was that absolutely fire pit boss's umbrella, which was that was amazing. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. Kids at home, you know, correct me uh, by sending me, um, you know, comments in the uh, sections of these uh, three on one posts, you'll see uh, advertising us. But I was really impressed what they did, but I was also concerned with the level of competition that the Insomniacs were able to put out because as we talked about when we were going over our dry run, you know, a lot of those guys looked like they were kind of just out of sorts facing a a pit boss team that had the experience of, of a full year, you know, taking their lumps and learning how to play this game, have an experienced coach with, with a, a a clear message and a leader at the most important position. And when you look at what the pit bosses were able to put on film, you, you, you quickly question if this team, you know, continuing to improve, continuing to work and continuing to get better could compete the highest levels in this league based on that performance. But like I said, it looked as easy as the Hawks animals game last year. And I was there. I was what? Seven for seven, two seventy three touchdowns. That's why you chose that game. Okay. Um, I mean, it was it looked that easy for Trey Robinson, and Trey Robinson was doing both the Corey Hammond stuff and the biggest stuff, and that's where basically I was going. And if he can do that consistently for his team, I don't know what we give them for for Christmas other than a, an opportunity to play the force earlier than later. Um, but what do you think about that comparison, pit bosses? Um, Insomniacs week one of the fall versus uh, the Hawks animals matchup in week, uh, I think, six of last regular season. Yeah, no, again, I see why you said it because that was the game you went completely insane and just did whatever you wanted. Um, Same with Bigger. You guys just really dominated completely. And if that's the angle you're taking, I get it. I get it. The pit bosses looked very dominant. Once again, I truly don't know how they lost to the force. I saw a better team, excuse me, I saw a better team on Sunday than I saw from the force when they came to New Jersey both times. I'm I'm sorry, I saw a better quarterback, better offensive line, better defensive line, better receiving. I saw everything I saw was better. So when Trey Robinson is sitting where he's sitting complaining that he's not getting any love and no one's talking about him, I told him to wait one more week. I told him to wait one more week. He couldn't help himself. He literally works at the same place as the guy who runs the other side of the ball podcast. So he couldn't help himself. Um, But he was one week away to just being one of those guys that proves it on the field and doesn't talk. But guess what? Regardless of what he said or what he was asking for or the spotlight being turned on or off. He turned it, he turned it on, on the field. So he, and that's where it matters the most. And and that's why he's going to get the the conversation. Right. He's going to get the conversation because what I saw from Trey was a very poised, a very, when I say angry, I don't mean mad at the world. I mean, angry, intense, determined, intense, laser focused, determined, love it, Matt, determined. The the guy wasn't here to play. And you, that was a respectable 50 point W, you get what I'm saying? And what I saw from him is what, what we expect from upper tier teams in New Jersey, in Baltimore, in Ohio, and these, this is what we expect from in Florida. That's the we level. Expect that, 
What was that, Matt? That's the level. Like that's the level that, you exactly. have to set to compete in this league. And, so, and it looked like they and they looked like they had the level against the Insomniacs for sure. Right. And now, I'm very I'll be interested happy to see if they carry that same intensity when they're supposedly ticking up a notch against some of the good teams that we saw out there. And we saw, you know, the Hunters and the Gold. Um, well, it's going to be two undefeated teams on Sunday. Uh, the over the top and the pit boss is going up against each other. Uh, and that'll... that game is really Savion Cunningham. Yeah. Yes, sir. Savion Cunningham versus Trey Robinson. That's yeah. the game. So for the pit, and also for Curtis the Jones guys, is playing guys, for the pit what boss. What do you want to give him for Christmas? More competition. Yeah. I think the pit bosses. The pit bosses need to play the Renegades, the Hawks, those teams in New Jersey, and then start playing against the BIC, the U, the rare breed. Them against the Tampa A team would be an interesting comp to me. Them against um, the, ghosts, the yeah. Gators, too. The Ghosts ghosts were, uh, pardon me, the Ghosts, yeah. The Ghosts were the I number two team. I think what we saw on film, Matt, and this might be a hot take because the Gators were a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. But I think what we saw Ooh. on film, Matt, from the pit bosses, and we could be proven wrong when they play some of these other teams and maybe the matchups differ and 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 it could be different. But based just on the film that we saw, Say it, Corey. I would I would take the pit bosses against Ooh. the Gators as they were currently last year because the uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Gators is Respect something that the, yep. the pit bosses clearly do not have. Respect it. Do you guys think that come week one, whoever is behind center for the quarter of, for the Gators will have grasses greener syndrome, whomever it is, whether it's CP3. What do we want to give the Gators for Christmas? And we can talk about some of the things that we maybe Come know on, and now. have been discussing well, or his, not. But that, that's easy, bro. That's easy, bro. They, you got to give us a hard one because everyone, I mean. Well, let's just get the easy ones together? out of the way because there's so much, so much gift giving to do. A motherfucking quarterback. Let's give him a quarterback, please. Let's give him a competent, give him a competent, let's get to the first down, let's score, didn't let's this, get our receivers. Let's get him a quarterback, please. Didn't this show specifically, didn't the three-on-one podcast on our own, do such a thing? No, we did, did we not. not. No, we did not. I felt like we did. No, nah, we didn't give him a quarterback. But unfortunately, I, it, what what we hear in the whispers is that what we gave them, it doesn't seem like for whatever reason it's sticking. And we can get into that in the new year, and maybe that's a nice tease. But maybe the what Santa brings is health for yeah, Ace Boogie. Oh, yeah. It's not just health for what him. The Gators are obsessed they... with is is if they can get that back. I feel like everyone in that locker room immediately believes in their quarterback, believes in their percent their team. Ace is now the part of that team. That guy, like when when the Knicks saw Willis Reed stumble out injured, it wasn't just his ability to play; it was the belief in themselves that comes from seeing the leader, the championship leader there with you in battle. And Ace, Ace is that guy. Ace is the heart. Ace is the team. Like in the sense of, it's not like Ace is a selfish guy. Ace is the heart and soul of that Gators team. If you want proof, go to 2021 BIC versus the Gators playoff game. Final seconds of the game. Ace takes the ball. Ace was already injured, by the way. Ace is hurt. Ace is not healthy during this game. He runs full speed, 
dives to the corner of the end zone against a former NFL linebacker in Kasim. Oh, I forget his last name. Green. Kasim Green. Yeah. Ace sacrifices his body on that play. And the gate the Gators wanted it. The Gators wanted it because Ace. And they were there. It. And they, they were, were there. there in that they game. And I think at that time they weren't as good of a team as BIC, but they had what they needed to it inside them and the they had ace. Level that they had in their quarterback. And at the they end of the ace. day, at Damn. that exact moment, the Gators trusted their quarterback, John Gauze, more than BIC at that time in 2021 in the Final Four trusted their quarterback, Sterry Codrington. First year, and, right, and a lot right, has right. changed. So, well, here's then. here's a question I have then. John Gauze, if the John Gauze Jr. of 2021, if the Ace Boogie of 2021 is playing for the Gators in 2022, do we see the same oh. result in the Final Four? Do we see the same um, result? Who, do we see the BIC win? BIC, BIC still wins. Yep. BIC still wins. Now, B, the Gators' defense gave BIC the toughest test that they had, mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion, uh, other than the U, right? Damn. So, obviously the U, but other Wait, than Corey, the U, Corey. the Renegades' defense. Corey, let's not answer so fast. What? Let's, I think I feel like we answered too fast. I feel like we we answered too fast, and it's not taking away anything from the championship BIC team. But did we answer too fast? Like, is uh, that a know. much closer I, I, do game? You think, do you think the rest of the roster for the Gators is is able to keep up with what BIC? Because they had an off game and still won by twenty ish. Here's yeah, here's the thing. Keep up in twenty twenty one either, but they did. Here's the thing. Twenty twenty one didn't have Verardi. 2022 did. And John Gauze going up against that defensive line that was supercharged in 2022. You throw that variable in there, I think you still get the same result. I think the game's a little closer. I think it's a one-possession game and not a three-possession game. Okay. But, and also I think if the BIC see John Gauze Jr. behind center, they're playing more focused football. They're not letting it. I, I can agree. Get away from them. Uh, they almost let that game fall out of their hands a few times. And to be completely honest, that would that would blow things up. I, I yeah, think and that. Then, and then when the game got a little bit out of hand, all of a sudden, Sterry Codrington ran for 58 yards. Because he's, Sterry has that in the clip always. But I don't want to I don't want to forget this league. It does one interesting thing when they run into new players. And Corey's one of those new players at one point. Well, we didn't have an answer for Corey. When Corey Hammond first stepped on the field, we didn't know what to do with that white boy. That mother, he went crazy. I'll never forget it. Like, first time we played Corey, like, who's this little square head dude? Like, watch him, listen, watch him run play actions and sling that thing. So I'm like, okay. In the Maryland jersey, which is the most yeah, a, the most ironic thing of ironic. all time, is that you should I put, made you should my post name picture. in this league in a Maryland jersey. In a Maryland jersey. jersey. So my thing was, though, yes, you lost, you know, some games or whatever, there was really no answer for you during your first year, which is what happens to most good players in this league. During their first year, there's no real answer for them. First and second year, people are still trying to figure you out. And then, but the moment someone gets a game plan on you, you're in trouble. And this is really for Variety. I this is a hot take, but they slowed Variety down in the championship, bro. And if teams are watching and watching film and really paying attention to how to deal with a guy as versatile and as strong and as intelligent and with a motor like Verardi, if you watch what they did to him in the chip, 
yo, bro, they listen, Verardi can be iced out. For if, for a for a drive, I think for a drive and a half or two drives, they mm-hmm. started to block him. But you mentioned the motor and his motor's a, insane. Yeah, A, when you're committing all those guys to Verardi, what you're doing is allowing for the rest of the defensive line for BIC, which let's hot take clear. they're not that good. No, you're gonna say they're good. But you, my hot take is they're we, not. All, we talked about them three on one. There's more Verardis now on the D line. But the, and, and I gotta see them play. You know, you but know the vibes. The U you know was vibes. able to handle the other guys when they when because they were able not to that good. They're None not of the other variety. teams were able to handle the big mooks, even the KWAX. No, right, right. And you don't love them, but when when the Spartan was out there, uh, John Columbia and Master Chief was there, and Verardi was getting the attention. You know, I'm watching. The, I'm watching the Wire right now. The 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 guy from the docks, which is the same actor, but looks exactly like John. <laughs> I, I forget his name in the show because he's not one of the cooler. Frank Sabatka. What? Frank Sabatka. Is his name Frank? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he's Sabaka's kid, but I Oh, I know Ziggy. Ziggy's the idiot. Ziggy. No, Ziggy's the idiot. The, the oh, I know brother. who you... The cousin, the cousin, the cousin. Yeah, the cousin, the cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, anyway, John Columbia also starred in The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the plays when they're there is the point. Not who he looks like in in, in TV shows from, from before a lot of these kids were born. Jesus. Right. I hope I hope most people watch The Wire. Um, but all the how do you not watch the wire? I felt like I just I, I I was due watching the wire again because it was like yeah you know uh, me but, being very so white I'm rewatching the West. So World. we're gifting right now which team what because we just started talking. We, we didn't know it's the Gators. It's the Gators. It so was we're still the Gators. gifting and I gift the Gators not only John Gauze because the thing about John Gauze is not his ability. It's not his heart. It's not it's his, his determination. He's never. Oh man, I'm the worst. He's never going to take himself out in the fourth quarter against no, BIC never. when the game matters. Period. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. And he didn't, and he's not going to. But right. he's taken out of the game because he sometimes is unable to carry on physically, like unable because he's injured, not hurt, not Bro, confused, not. I've never injured. seen a quarterback so, carried off the field as many times as I've seen John Goss. So if and I'm it, saying it's that, not career ending, not not career ending injuries exhaustion from giving it his all i'm, I'm saying he gives his all is it the joe namath syndrome is it joe namath syndrome where he's so good but gave so much ran so hard so fast that he couldn't his body can't handle it his spirit his determination his skill drive him but mm-hmm. after a while what is john goss 35 34 like he's nah, he's younger uh, than me he's, he's younger than me i think he's like 32 between 28 um, and 34. In the A7FL, his body's older than that, though. Yeah. Um, the, the mileage on his body, unfortunately, like I played most of my career a little bit larger than the average six foot quarterback. And that was, that gave me the ability to, to sustain hits. Um, John Gauls has always been approximately 170. And in a no pads, full contact league, it's been his heart and his will, not the strength of his physical body that's propelled him through. And, you know, let's be honest, his play calling has always been pretty good. He's always had a, right, a right. decent running game, and he's, and he's taken advantage of play action. 
But if if I'm Santa and I'm dropping something to the Gators, it's it's John Gauze is specifically his health. Health. Because yeah. if he yeah. can stay healthy and he can stay fit and he can stay ready to go every single week, that's one of the toughest teams to beat in the A7FL. And it always has been when he's Agreed. on the center. Definitely agree. What about what about the force, Rob? What are you dropping down the chimney for the force? Hope. I know you love giving them <laughs> tons of praise. So they're going to They need hope. And the reason why they hope. need hope, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going hope. to tell you why. I don't listen, they need hope. And I'm going to be honest. If the reason for the pit boss loss last year was because their guys didn't show up, like people stayed home or people were sick or people just didn't come to the game, if that's the reason for the loss and the force have the nerve to think that they can just practice with their friends and things are going to be okay and not participate in this fall brawl. Like I said, they need hope in order to beat the pit bosses for the Western conference champion, Vegas champion, whatever. It will not be the force. It will definitely be the pit bosses. They need hope. So Rob, Rob is given the force hope. So to stay with star Wars, <laughs> Rob gives the force a new hope. Is that episode? That's episode four. That's the first one. one was, that was the first. That was the first Star Wars movie. No, no, no. I know it's and, it, and it's four. Yeah, it's episode IV, four. Yeah, we're being super IV, nerds. Right. That's the fourth yeah. installment, but the first movie that was made, A New Hope. Right. But for the forces, as as so many players like to call them, and every time they say that, I I just want the air, the force logo to just be Nike Air Force. Maybe we can get that sponsorship going. Yo, if they you all know, just wore black Air Force ones on the field, I wouldn't just, fuck with them. They would be too dangerous. Yeah, if, if if their cleats were just black Air Forces, and then they just embodied that physicality level that is we associate with black Air Forces, and they were just out there just fist fighting and, and getting down and dirty. That would be a good marketing tool for Nike. Nike, um, run the check. So, Matt, what are you giving the forces? Other than a new hope, for me, it's. I don't want to be a dick, but it's gonna come across like a dick. Um, I feel like the don't Rock Briscoe, Rock Briscoe calling plays on the sideline. And having a young quarterback learn under him will be the best thing for that team. Because if Trey Robinson is playing now in the fall with lower stakes, there's no national championship on the line, there's no there's some prize money, but it's not big prize money. And the bragging rights. The force took this fall off. And bad idea. If, if they think they can do that and walk into the next into next season with some of their players playing on or looking to play on other teams this fall. RTC had a post. Yeah. He was R- like, yo, let me rock. Curtis Jones is playing for the pit bosses. He's loyal to the force. He's going to stay with the force during the spring season. But I would have taken this entire fall season to develop depth at the quarterback position. That's the one thing that team needs more than anything as this division expands. Because we saw the Insomniacs. Oh, pardon me, not the Insomniacs, the Hunters. Uh, with a replacement at quarterback. Rashad Davis not playing last week. Hey, Uno, shout outs. Yeah, a guy who th- who had a great game, who thinks he should have been the MVP during the Jamboree and not Savion Cunningham. But there's the thing. They're, they're losing recruiting advantages. To go to these games, to get these free agents, to get these younger players, if the force had a Savion Cunningham alongside of Curtis Jones, how dangerous would they be? 
how how very, weaponized would they be? Like very you're very you're wild. denying yourself the opportunity to recruit, which is so important at this stage of the game when you're a younger division and you're the team with the national profile. You're the team that has the most to lose if you lo- if you fuck up next season and you don't make your division championship game or if you lose coming out the gate, if you're unimpressive in week one and you need the first three weeks of an eight-week season to get your shit together, you're, you're falling behind. This is half the schedule of the NFL. You don't have an, a 17-week season to get everything in line. You have eight weeks with a couple of buys in there to really gain some traction. And for me, not playing in the fall, for health reasons, makes sense. If you believe that you guys can go to the dance again without making any major changes or making any critiques or making any moves, despite glaring holes on both sides of the ball when you were tested against the Schnow Tribe and, and the BIC. Let's not forget the Schnow Tribe, who got, you know, no offense, Corey, they got shut out in the biggest blowout in regular season history. No, I wasn't there. I know you weren't there, but still, I want to be there in spirit. You were well. You were there. You were just in the booth with us. But no, I was. I was getting busy uh, somewhere else. Oh you yeah, you were getting pieced up in Delaware. I threw for three touchdowns. I know you. You guys. Yes, oh, no, you had a great game, but you guys lost. No, so, yeah, so that was a different one. Yeah, that boy Corey got pieced up in Delaware. <laughs> you get pieced That's up insane. in Delaware. Delaware is one of the be- places I play best because my Chad Pennington arm sometimes can't handle the wind at Asbury Park. <laughs> oh, my God. Day. I would, you know, I would like to gift A7FL New Jersey an indoor playing facility. <laughs> because Imagine having a, 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 a sideline that's built like we had week one at the Ripken Stadium uh, where, we don't have, where we're looking at a sideline and not the hashes because – then, 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 uh, chalk for the nightcrawlers does not run out of bounds in the in the uh, first return. And in, in right, we like what we saw last week. Uh, nightcrawlers rare breed. That was a touchdown. If there's a sideline and he doesn't step on it, right? That's right. So the forces is getting some hopes. The forces is getting, and they're getting a young quarterback and throwing blasphemy on my, you know. My other, my favorite quarterback in the A7FL, Rock Briscoe, because and, and it's I not a slight on Rock Briscoe. I think he's got a great offensive mind. The problem is for that division, for the ability for them to make it that far and scheme an offense for a team that really, outside of their great running back and a really solid wide receiver who is playing every position on both sides of the ball and returning footballs, like. To make that work, to make it to win a division in year one, you got to be great to to figure that out. Or lucky. <laughs> it could be or both. In lucky. this league, you have to be both. You have to be great and you have to be lucky. Because any given week, some wild shit can happen. Yeah, and I think they've just been on the, you know, the good side of the wild shit happening. I just after it's. I, Matt, I don't know Matt, when Matt started talking about Rock Briscoe. Just think of the words he was saying, and then insert my name, and then that's but, what okay. I can hear when we talk so about. That, Rock so that's the bias, but you, you throw better. <laughs> but listen to you this: gotta stop. You throw better than Rock Briscoe. You call better plays than Rock but Briscoe. What did Rock Briscoe do against Vegas guys last year? Now he didn't. He didn't lead the offense with 300 yards a game, and he wasn't the main driver in, in a running offense that he called all the plays for. Remember, we give credit to Buck every single time we mention his name for play calling. 
Brock Briscoe in year one in an A7 NFL as a rookie in this league designed an offense that was able to beat all of the teams out there. Now we okay, can talk okay, about all of the okay. teams out there. I know Rob, but <sighs> the competition that he played against, he had two subpar performances. Now they were the ones that were in front of our faces on national television. But when you watch the film, he's throwing touchdown passes to Curtis Jones. That's why the guy was the MVP. He's, he's calling plays with misdirection so that the jet sweep goes like a, a rare breed guy in pack money. And then Amari uh, Thomas for the rare breed is getting the RTC carries. So I, my favorite quarterback in the A7 NFL because he is older than me, which makes me look younger. And I will say that <laughs> oh every time, Brock Briscoe. I don't think that he's the issue, like one, like one hundred percent for the force, and for you guys to give them hope and youth at quarterback. Um, you feel like it's a stab at you. You're not. No, 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 no. I, I was just saying, just, just think about the the conversation that Matt's having. That based on the respect that you have as as the offensive mind and the play caller going up against the top teams in your division. You might need to add a little bit of a more dynamic threat at that position, and that's the narrative that I've been fighting my entire career. So <laughs> you guys are uh, throwing soul shots, guy. not even knowing it. But for me, the, what the force I would give them is an invitation to the ball. Because right now, they're Cinderella. And although they're way better looking in their opinion than the stepsisters, right now the stepsisters are dressed and they're at the ball. That was, the so stepsisters are fire right now. Clearly showed that they're not, they're not, you know, whatever the stepsisters' names are. Their their feet look like a fit in the slipper. But if 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 we're going with the Cinderella and, and the ball. If I'm Santa right now, I think with all the attention that this A7FL Nevada fall is getting, everybody's looking at their coach and saying, Coach Mack, man, I wish we were in. Why can't we have this comp? You sure? You sure that's what they're doing? I made the original argument that I thought it was cool that they were looking past their division because they thought they were so good. It sounds like the attitude that the U put towards the fall all the time. But let's be honest, when the when the U was missing falls, they had already won league championships, quarterbacked by the best quarterback in the, you know, in the entire league's history. And and some of their playmakers were so good that anytime they touched the ball against any team, they would score. Mm-hmm. So it was a different, it was a different comparison. And and the Very more different. and more we talk about it, I wish that the force were in here because based on how we saw the pit balls. Pit bosses look, the force might need to now catch up to what they are at the end 100%. of the 100%. In, in, in the forge that will be A7FL Nevada's Falver. I'll check us out this weekend. Stop. Think about it. Think about it. The, the pit bosses are how many, how many weeks? Is it seven, eight weeks? Seven. Seven weeks. The pit bosses are automatically seven weeks ahead of the force. And that because because of how dominating they were on Sunday, the team they beat won't forget that ass whooping, bro. Next season, regular season, when they run into the pit bosses again, regular season, it's gonna be like, damn. But remember, the pit bosses are very quick to tell us that they shut down the forces and it was 25 to 13. So that's my that's my point. So So this pit bosses knew that they needed to catch up. The force didn't think that they had to. And I because think those they, seven listen, games are going to be 
the litmus test. And, and if the pit bosses can improve enough, that that might be the reason if they do. If we find out that the pit bosses are the number one team in the West Coast, it's likely no because of the chemistry and the togetherness and and the experience that they gained in these next It'll seven be, weeks. It would be no surprise to me whatsoever. Once again, iron sharpens iron. The pit bosses dropped 56 points on Sunday. If don't, you don't, did not short them, I think it was 57. 57, excuse me. Maybe 57. I don't want I don't I don't want if, them to be upset on the other yeah, side right, of the ball, making get if, taking one point away from the, their top team. You have to look at it like, hold on. That 58, 57 points was a statement. They put a 50 burger up on a team they were being respect respectful to. Let's not forget that. I'm not saying that these guys, oh yeah, send them to New Jersey. Let them compete now. I'm just saying, listen. They're the clear cut right now. There's, I don't, I don't see the force doing that. The force struggled, in my opinion. I don't see the force doing that. And then just to piggyback off your your point with um, what's the quarterback you like from the force? What's his name? Rock Briscoe. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, Rock. As <laughs> a shot, the, the Rock Briscoe thing. Okay, like all right, yes, they were the Vegas champs, right? None of that mattered when the Florida champs came out of Florida in 2021 and got smoked or the West coast champs from before from LA, the aces, they came out and got smoked. It just cause you're a champ over there. That doesn't mean you can compete over here. And these guys were eating 60 burgers when they came to, you know, to the East. So cool. The forces, what did the forces lose by? Then BIC put up like, it was uh, like six, it was 62 to 19 or something like that. It was 60, bad. It was bad. But to be clear, in year one for Vegas compared to year one for Florida and year one for California, it was, it pretty, was an improvement pretty much if you're just basing it off of their, like, their initial... It was, it was pretty much the same. You guys are get, you're shooting Vegas bail, and I, I it's unacceptable. All three well, what teams I'm saying ass. is, is that three teams were ass. as bad of an ass-whooping as it was, almost nothing is as bad as the you beating the Florida team and the Florida team getting victory laps because a, a, a player with no pants on that the U refused to tackle scored against <laughs> them. Scored against them. Because the truth is, after watching the pit bosses, and I know this is my bias, I accept my bias, I'm cool with it, trash me for it. After watching the pit bosses, I sat up in my seat a little bit, I'm like, oh, if I was on the U or BIC right now, and they told us we had the pit bosses next week, would I wake up for that game? I'm You'd watching. Go. You'd go. <laughs> And that and that's she see my scale. You understand? They me, ain't Corey. ass. You you understand me, Corey? Call back, call back. Listen, they ain't ass. They ain't they made ass. it up the ass pyramid one exactly. week into the so, fall. So and that's how it just, goes, guys. That's how it goes. Let's be honest. I would put my book bag on. I would show up to the game second quarter with You'd all your, my equipment. Beats headphones on. Beats headphones <laughs> with a bucket hat and Ray Bands, and I would go to survey the game. If the pit bosses really look like they were kicking up, I am getting dressed to kick their ass. But if not, I get to watch the game and, you know, just in case you got to break the emergency glass and get Big Rob out there, I'll do it because I've done it before. But that's based off of Sunday. When What I saw from the Vegas Force, I would never leave my house. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even put clothes on. Ooh. I would be in my drawers all day. So back to honest. the pyramid, you know what that means. So Big for the Forces, ass. Rob wants to give him hope. And then he ended <laughs> it like that. Matt's... Matt's pulling the the Corey Hammond at quarterback narrative. Get somebody in here who can actually make a play in the running game. And, and then I I got my boys back, but and I want them in the tournament, which is not going to happen. So that's that's a that's a sad Christmas. 
We should have just gave him coal because then they could just light a fire with it and get some warmth. <laughs> well, here's my final gift before we wrap things up and we uh, we get out of here for the holiday season. What I would love is for every team on the West Coast to play. And in Florida, well, Florida, they've dealt with some terrible, terrible, terrible weather. But play in East Coast conditions at least once. Because week one of 2021 was some of the sloppiest weather I've ever... I have called football... I called hockey once outdoors at a baseball stadium after a blizzard. It was not as sloppy as week one inside Asbury Park Stadium. And even last season, week one, was some... We were in Maryland, thank God. But week two, you guys were there. It's cold. It's a wind cycle. You're right off the beach. You're right off the water. When you're playing in Baltimore, when you're playing in D.C., you're paying... Week two. Week two in Asbury Park was a rainy day. Two touchdowns, five drives against the... One of the best thoughts. Look at him. Look at him. Look at the stat guy. Look at the stat guy. <laughs> you touched that passes, bro. Let's go. OG Buck tried to take him away from me. Said they were blown coverage. So that's not a good design, OG Buck. So, <laughs> so you want to make these? So, so for Christmas, you want to give them northeast weather? That's tough. I want. No, I want to give them the opportunity to play games in the northeast okay, in the, the spring, be, in the I early spring. The, I think that the, the 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 brand of football that the force are trying to perfect, and if they can get there, that does travel. You know, good defense, running game. Yeah, that'd be interesting. What I thought, what I kind of wanted to do is, and you know, I just love to just throw the show off the rails because whenever we mention the force, who does Rob always equate them with? The, the renegades. The renegades. Yeah. And so if we're giving away get Christmas gifts, and Matt, you might, me and you might have been talking to one of those gifts on the phone this week. I don't know if we want to go there. Nah, let's not. Because I, I spoke to him too. So the three of us are, are talking to Christmas gifts for potential teams. But right. but let's 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 do this then without without playing spoiler on that. Okay. Okay. Rob, what do you give the what do you give the Renegades for Christmas? This is the final gift. This is the final gift we're giving. I'll gift all night. I'm Santa Claus incarnate. Of course you are. But, but um, Matt, Matt is dealing with the Stugat syndrome, so yeah, we, he's he's done up. I'm dying. I see it in his face. We can't run um, this podcast to, to be I'll, as long as this week and next week that we're off. So eventually right. we're going to have to cut this short. And some some poor teams out there are either going to be either sad that they didn't get a gift or based on what we just gave the force, maybe they'll be happy that we left them out. So, so just to be quick, cause sometimes it's not a lot of conversation to be had. If I'm gifting the you something, I give the you recruiting. If I'm gifting BIC something, it's motivation, n- not being comfortable. Yeah. Yes. Not being comfortable motivation to keep that crown on your head because you are the champs. Give the you some recruiting the renegades. I would gift you. I would gift you a quarterback and some receivers from other teams. Which that's ones? All I, got. I don't have it. I don't have an answer for that. Okay, that's fair. The, the, a quarterback and some veterans, some free agent veterans. That's all I'll say. Matt, you don't have to give the Renegades anything, but who who is our, who are the your you're, you're reaching into the bag? You got to give a you know either one or a couple more gifts to just close us out.
It's a deep bag. You're, I see you. I see you on the camera reaching yeah, down thinking, in there. He's thinking. It's one of those endless bags. It's like it's like on top of the table, and it's like one of the one of those false bottoms. Hey yo. He's LA needs deep. one dynamic player. They need one okay. person who can set the league on fire the same way an Ashante Worthy can. The success of A7FL Los Angeles would mark the best thing for the A7FL because it is technically the biggest market in our league. New Jersey is part of the New York Metro, but if Los Angeles is able to set the table that Vegas had in 2022, we're talking about a whole bunch of different stuff come this season. And with other side of the ball talking about it, Derek Duncan is looking to implement a lot of those changes in Los Angeles and bring that Nevada style of ball to LA. And I think that that is a big thing. And I think for for Cincinnati, for the Covington heist, it's more diverse competition. And I think we're going to see that. Um, I think that there's so many things intangibly that these teams need, and we can't give equitable comps right now because we're four months away from the start of the season. Less than that. We're actually three months away from the start of the season. March 26th is actually the start of the 2023 season, and we'll hopefully have more information about the schedule, some of the other big things that are in place for 2023, including how you can watch us every single Sunday and what we'll be bringing you every single Sunday. But there's so many things that are just outside of what we can call right now that it makes it hard to say this is the one thing that all of these teams are going to need because we haven't seen them at their full powers yet. Um, we've seen the teams in Vegas. We've seen the Nightcrawlers. We've seen the teams from Baltimore. We've seen the teams from New Jersey. Also, you know what? For Baltimore, more competition. The go the the Gators and the Rare Breed own Baltimore. It is incumbent on the DC Buzz and the Washington Old Guard or whatever team will be rounding out that division to come after the Gators, to come after the rare breed, to play with that same level of aggression because without that, it's a two-horse race again. And to be completely honest, I think that the Gators and the rare breed need that kick in the ass because if they coast into the playoffs, like if you're trying to keep John Gauss Jr. healthy to the playoffs and he doesn't get enough reps in, what's going to happen? Unless you're building up a backup. Or if Lenny Man like where's Lenny Manzel gonna fall in all of this? We've had conversations about it, but where's Lenny Manzel gonna go? And where does he fit in to those plans? Like there's so many things up in the air right now that it makes it hard to say this is X, this is Y. We can hypothesize for some of these teams, but overall it makes it nearly impossible. Well, for me, what I want to start doing is, is I'm gonna give Matt two things real quick. I'm going to give him a little bit of NyQuil, my guy. Here you go. And then what I want to give Matt Thank for Christmas you. is the ability to have some of these out-of-state matchups because I know that your vision for some of these matchups, if possible, would create some of the most interesting conversations 
in the regular season of a seven since we've had maybe in the inception of the league, because once this, this league goes fully national and we have these interstate rivalries that are starting to brew that, you know, may, maybe we are even, and the other side of the ball are even responsible for starting to build. I think if we gifted Matt, some of his wishes in some of the matchups that we're looking at, including a rare breed night crawlers rematch, including <clears throat> guys, the snow tribe force rematch. You know, some of these, some of these teams getting a chance to play teams that they're not familiar with out of state testing, you know, what the styles look like against each other. I think that that could lead to some of the most interesting games, storylines and potential future, you know, events that happen with, you know, the, the, the intrigue built in, you know, these rivalries continuing to brew. And then what I want to do is I want to gift the rest of my opponents this year, some 300 yard games. Let's go dropping dimes and bombs all over fields, all 2023. So Merry Christmas season and teams. Um, you are, bro. No, that's just me joking around. <laughs> but what I also want to see and, and what I want to gift is a, a chance for some of these, these second-tier teams um, in, in some of these divisions a little bit more of a look. For instance, we, we talk about the Orlando Ghosts, and I talked to Woody Ness Charles and Joey Bate a little bit here and there. Um, not Joey specifically, but, you know, hearing their conversation on their parlay which is their podcast and the ghosts are building. They just added a running back from the A team, a guy that we saw out here. And, you know, D West was one of the guys at running back position for them against, you know, their opponent up here that, you know, you know, made the U kind of have to play, you know, defense one or two plays. Now, what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? I don't know, but having those second teams like the ghosts, like the pit bosses, which we're seeing a little bit more of, Maybe the the Aces out in L.A. Maybe even the QC Crush out of Ohio. Now, we don't know the end-all, be-all with these teams because we've seen little to no film on them. But I would gift them the spotlight because what we've seen from the pit bosses when we give, gave them the spotlight, guys, is that they didn't shrivel away from it. Now, I don't think all of those teams would last in the bright lights of the A7FL spotlight. But I'm not sure I'm willing without seeing them firsthand, you know, just going to write them off as not possible. So, you know, one of the things that these podcasts are able to do is, is give guys a voice to say, look at me. And what I think is really interesting is one way or another, when guys are saying, look at me, whether it's guys like Trey Robinson and he's able to prove it or other guys that may or may not have been on our podcast that still haven't even shown up yet. You know, when you have when you have the chance to show what you got, it brings it back to maybe the title of this episode. Because what I would like to gift all of these guys that want to prove it and think that they have it on all of these teams all over the league is the opportunity. Because then, as we get a chance to look at them, usually relatively quickly for Rob, because like we saw last week with the two plays with Mark Bagway, because if we gift them the opportunity in that spotlight, guys, we'll find out real quickly who's ass. And you're not going to be able to hide from the film if it's on film and we can all look at it and re refer back to it like Rob consistently does against my guys out there with Rock Briscoe in the force. 
So I'd like to give Matt, you know, that real quick NyQuil, the matchups you're looking for. My opponents, one hell of a game that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And some guys a chance at shine because, you know, when you got the spotlight, you're either going to shine or Rob's going to see it's your ass. And with an ass pyramid, and there's only a little cube of it being great as, as the potential to, to be not ass, it would be interesting to see where these teams fall into Rob's category in that pyramid. It's a fair point. Rob, anything you got before we go? No, these motherfuckers is ass. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I can't think Rob of any other way to play the pit boss is nobody else. No, no, hell no. <laughs> On that note, we will take our holiday vacation. Be sure to follow us across social media. Check the show notes for more information on that, how to follow us all on Twitter, especially Corey, because he is a Twitter bot, but also rate, review, and subscribe to the three-on-one podcast and also A7FL. We've got our merch, tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Get yourself a Thick Boy Season t-shirt, a Hus Hus t-shirt, or an I Tried t-shirt. We'll have more stuff coming after the new year, but I can't think of anything better to give someone this holiday season than a t-shirt that's a Thick Boy Season. But... For Big Rob Fabian, for Corey Hammond, I'm Matt Ryan saying so long from the Garden State. And as always, don't be an asshole. I will try, I will try, I will fucking try. Likely I will not be able to, but you could cry. Peace. Merry Christmas. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts, and also we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon, a Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt hoodie and a whole lot more you can get all of them right now sent to you nice comfy and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like